Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Welcome to another episode of The Bright Side with Technicia, and I am your host, Technicia. Today is November 16, 2017, 12 o'clock on the dot, baby. Yes. And I have to say, woo, this month is going by so quick. I'm telling me to say Happy New Year after a while, after Thanksgiving, right? So I hope everybody got their Thanksgiving cooking goodies. I got to get mine prepared this weekend, so we're going to cook, maybe do a little turkey, my homemade cranberry sauce, dressing, potato salad, candy yams, collard greens, you name it, it's going to be hooked up up in here for Thanksgiving. But anyhow... I will have the pleasure to interview some wonderful guests who have a wonderful book out. It's very spiritual. It's very it's it's very compelling. It it has plenty of information, stories, and life changing practices designed to actually assist you in doing the work you came to earth to actually do. Waking up into the awareness that you are the presence of love and living your unique life of meaning, purpose, and fulfillment from within that awakened state. So are you ready for a radical shift in perception? one that may challenge and profoundly alter your idea of who you are and what your purpose is on this planet? Well, I hope if you don't know, hopefully you will find out that answer today because I am here with spiritual psychology, luminaries, doctors, Mary and Ron Honick, and they have a book called Remembering the Light Within, and it comes from both of them. They're the founding faculty and co-directors of the University of Santa Monica, the Worldwide Center for the Study and Practice of Spiritual Psychology. For any questions, do call in if you want to speak to I or either the guest at 347-426-3751. If you're listening to the replay, please make sure you share with your friends and your family. You can catch always the archives at www.brightsidewithtk.com. So without further ado, i like to welcome Drs. Mary and Ron Harnick. Thank you so much, doctors, for being here today, taking out your time. Well, thank you for having us. Yes, we're so happy to be with you. Yes, it, it is always a pleasure. And if you're on with me on the live feed, please make sure you give me your questions, and I will make sure they are translated off to the doctors. So, doctors, as I said, thank you for being here. But I would like to start off first with Remember the Light with them. What What's the purpose behind this? What was your reason for writing this? Well, the purpose of it is to really assist people in remembering who they are. When we come onto the planet and we take on a body and all that goes with it, uh, there is what we refer to as spiritual amnesia, and it is inevitable. The veil drops. We become identified with our body, with our mind, with our emotions, with everything that's happening out there in our lives. And we forget that we're a divine being having a human experience and that our purpose here is to awaken, to remember that we are the loving, we are the light, that we have a soul, 
and that we're here to fulfill spiritual purpose. And really, it has to be that way. It's like we went into a movie theater, and we somehow got onto the onto the screen and got into the story, and we forgot that we really are observers in the in the audience. And it has to be that way in order for a life to exist. Otherwise, if everybody knew, uh, there would be no point to the whole thing. Hello. I I apologize, doctors. I thought I I thought it was still on. Um. Now I like the point that you stated. My question is, how do we come to that point where we know what our true mission is? Because we we don't know sometimes. So, because my mother used to always tell me, "You all have a mission. We're here for a purpose. We're here for a mission." But I mean, probably still to this day, I don't know what my mission is. I mean, I'm doing the radio show. That's probably one of my missions, but I don't know my purpose. Well. In in uh, in our work with people over the years, we've come to speak with people about two levels of purpose. And the first one we all share in common, and that is to wake up to the love that we are, to know ourselves as the presence of love, and to participate in our lives, sharing our loving. But the second level of purpose is unique for each individual because everybody comes to Earth with their own spiritual curriculum. That includes Mm -hmm. the issues that we came to heal, but it also includes the gifts we came to share. And our experience in working with people is that as they heal their unresolved issues, they have more direct access to their essential loving nature and to the giftedness of who they are and right. and as they awaken, then it is a natural byproduct for them to stand up in the radiance of their true self and to share their gifts, whether they be musical gifts, teaching gifts, technical gifts, whatever gifts they, they came with. You know, the, I would say, uh, for your consideration, uh, part of your gift and your mission is to be someone who is willing to step forward and bring greater uh, awareness of a person's loving nature onto the planet. I can't think of uh, of of more of a purpose than that. I mean, a lot of people have as a purpose just to go walk around and 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 be more loving, and everywhere they go, they just increase the level of loving that's present in that moment. That in and of itself is a gift. Right. That, well, thank you. I really do appreciate that. I try to add value to people's lives when I do these shows because so, that's why I didn't want to just stick to one specific topic. Most radio shows do politics or do sports. I want to be all over the place. I want to cover spirituality, holistic healing, every single thing that everyone wonders about in their daily life. I want to be the one to have someone answer those questions, because someone's wondering right now. So tell us, Ron and Mary, what on earth is exactly spiritual psychology anyway? <laughs> that's such a great, that's such a great question. It's really the art and practice of awakening. 
And by awakening, we mean remembering your essential spiritual nature, knowing that you are divine. It's uh, it's based on 33 principles that we developed uh, or came to us, were given to us over the years, and learning to live our lives from inside the awareness of the spiritual context. The way that we understand it, um, you know, let me just give you our perspective, uh, and that is that the whole creation is an, is an evolutionary thing. We could say God becoming more aware of uh, or having experiences that it can't have unless there's a creation. And so everybody is in some part of, of this creation. A play cannot happen unless there are actors willing to come forward and take the parts. It's just that when we come forward to take the parts, we don't know we're doing that. And we are at a very, very, very important time that has been written about historically for thousands of years. And it's in the Eastern tradition what is called the end of one yuga, that's Y-U-G-A, and the beginning of another, which is a 26,000-year cycle. It's huge. And so what we are, what we are witnessing <coughs> excuse me, is a great deal of turmoil on the planet, and we can look at it and wring our hands and say, oh, my God, what's going on here? Or we can say, this is Spirit's way of cleaning out a lot of the stuff that, let's say, hasn't been nailed down so that it can come up to the surface so that we can let it go and therefore get on with the business of moving into the next level of our evolution, that which is coming forward. And so we're really very optimistic at this time. Uh, you know, and our our message to most people is, hey, don't, you know, yes, you could look at all of this as doom and gloom, uh, but you could look at it as simply a vacuuming process where where a lot of the old is being released and let go of as we move into the new. It's it's really an incredible time to be alive. Yeah, you know what? And amazing how you say that. That's what one of my mentors, he exactly said that, not in those words, but I knew exactly what he meant. These are, we think we're in troubling times, watching the news. Of course, they, they play off our fears. They have us fearful. All these shootings going on, we see them every single day. We hear about them. But we are not in a state of crisis like we really think. And I thought he was crazy when he said that. Now you said it, and I can kind of completely see the opposite now. Because I was like, what is he talking about? All this stuff that's going on around us, you talking about we're not in crisis. You are, you're not watching the news, honey. That's what I was thinking up <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> what, is wrong, what is wrong with you? But now you get me to see the, the relevance of it that, you know, we're living in a live and dream here, and we got to acknowledge what benefits, because we don't want to take our eyes off the prize of what we're actually here for. Don't let the news become distracting. That's what it does. It plays off our fears. We all know that. It's going to tell us. That's what the news do. It does every single day. It plays off our fears. So so now I'm glad you confirmed that so much. So I thank you for that. So, so what exactly is it that's changing for us in, in, in spiritual perspective? What, what changes for uh, – uh, let, let me back up for a second – the way that most people view uh, the world and their place in it, they 
something happens out there, and then they justify their inner reaction to it on the basis of that which happened out there. So we refer to that as the dynamic of I am upset because. So I am upset because that happened. I am upset because this other thing happened. But as we're waking up, what we realize is that the actual experience of upset is happening inside of us. It's happening inside of us. It's, the, it's our response to what's going on out there. So the question then became, is there a way that we can work more directly? Whoops. Is there a way that we can work more directly with what's going on inside of ourselves? And if something is distressing, can we maybe even heal that reaction inside of ourselves independent of anything that is going on out in the world? And we have found the technology to do that. So in a sense, we are living at a time when something that used to take, that used to take uh, many lifetimes to do, we can now do relatively quickly. Uh, it's, it's like if you were going from um, Europe to America on a boat, and then all of a sudden you discovered a plane. You could make the same journey but do it much more efficiently, much uh, more quickly, and uh, you know, and just much more effectively. The one thing one has to be willing to do is change the way that they tend to see reality and what's going on here, to shift from an outer-driven focus to an inner-driven focus. And so we say how you relate to the issue is the real issue, or more accurately, how you relate within yourself is the real issue, regardless of whatever is going on out there. Oh, okay. So that's within that's with anything you're, you're meaning. If I have a conflict with my boss, how I handle it is the real issue, but not what's going on, not what else is going on, not that somebody else maybe had an interference or said something in a negative way to cause me and my boss to have this um, conflict. That, that's exactly right, because the wow. experience that you have is what is going on inside of you, and you have a lot more control over that uh, than, than what we are led to believe. Okay. Um, now, I would like to talk about what it actually means, because I, I think in the book, the book cover a few concepts, um, such as the spiritual context. What does it mean to actually enter the spiritual context? This, the entering the spiritual context means to enter the dimension within which there is no conflict. If you look at things from spirit's point of view, there is no conflict. There is just a lot of experience that is going on, and a lot of people interpreting it the way they interpret it, which then results in what we see going on in the world. All that spirit is doing is loving us because that is all it knows how to do. Its nature is love. This is why we say the nature of spirit or uh, intelligent design or God or whatever you want to call it, the nature of that, of that being is 
love. But we cannot exist in that dimension as such and have experiences in a physical dimension. In order to have a physical dimension, there has to be duality. You can't have uh, light without darkness <coughs> or the awareness mm. of darkness. There's really no such thing as darkness. We don't measure darkness. We measure degrees of light. But okay. we, need a, we need a linguistic uh, convention to talk about that, and so we create this word darkness. But there really is okay. no such thing. There's no such thing as um, uh, hot without without cold. We don't measure cold. We measure degrees of heat. But we have to have a way to talk about it uh, so that we can share the experience. So we create this word um you know, hot, and this other word, cold. But there's really only warmth. There's really only degrees of heat. Similarly, the only thing that really exists is love, because that is the essence of the thing that is the creator of it all. But we can't have this experience without having the hey. the illusion of the negative, which is what's right. called physical world reality. It really doesn't exist. All the spiritual scriptures tell us is it's an illusion. But one doesn't know it's an illusion until one wakes up. And so until that time, we live in that duality, and we have to operate. But we can operate in one of two ways, to try to make that reality better so we have more money, a better job, uh, all the things that we go for in physical world reality. But while that's going on, if we start to move into the spiritual uh, the, the spiritual awareness or the spiritual dimension, we also realize that how we relate to this reality is the real issue, and that's what awakening is all about. Oh, okay. So, okay, so we, okay, as you stated, there is, there's actually nothing... Dark. I wish that was, child. I wish, especially the part when you said there is only warmth. Mm, that would be so good because I, I definitely want to get rid of winter. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why, that's why we live in Southern California. <laughs> exactly. I need to move back. You know how yeah. many people actually tell me, doctors, look, right there, I get so many guests because I'm a waitress. So I have so many guests that tell me, oh, my, it's so cold in Georgia. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go back to California. Either they go back to Florida, I'm like, yeah, welcome, welcome to Georgia. <laughs> you know, I love the part in your book um, when we talk about transcending your comfort zone, and we speak so much on that, on my affirmations about comfort zone, and a lot of times we do. We have a big issue getting out of our comfort zone because we're so comfortable where we're at. We're afraid, but as you said, we have to move forward and if there's one thing that would tend to propel you out of your comfort zone is daring to awaken into higher consciousness, moving up on a soul line and living within greater awareness of the spiritual context. Such a journey takes you into uncharted territory, the frontiers of your own consciousness. I'm going to have to make sure I put that in a group because that, that is powerful. I mean, yeah. we have to yeah. know, we have to face what we fear and what we fear is unknown to us. We don't know what we're fearful of. Yeah. You might say I'm fearful of us. Spider, but why are you truly fearful of that spider? Do you really know why you're fearful of that spider? You're fearful because that was, 
I believe sometimes we're fearful of things because it was embedded into our head to be fearful of it. Oh, it's creepy. It's crawly. Well, why? Maybe it's poisonous. Maybe I don't want to die. Maybe if it sticks me, I, I might I might swell up. Or So what is our true? And that's, I think we don't know why we're fearful of things. Lots of times we really don't know uh, why we're fearful of things. And this is why, this is why we talk about uh, being willing to come to challenge one's comfort zone, to come out for it, from it. And what we have, and that takes great courage. And what mm-hmm. we have found over, over the years is that when people dare to come out of the, their comfort zone and explore the territory beyond it, they move into what we call, uh, what's our word for that, Mary? The divine unknowing. Yes. And, okay. and if, if you think about it, it is really the only place of true freedom because you are free to experience what's there independent of what you think it's going to be. And if if one can get comfortable in that state, it's really a marvelous way to go through life. And, and part yeah. of we we adhere to our comfort zones is because the ego loves familiarity. It likes things to be the way we erect certain images of how we want things to be, and then we do our best to maintain our lives in accordance with those with those images, and that's what is comfort for uh, any person. And, of course, what's comfortable for one person may not be comfortable for someone else, but one of the things that uh, tends to maintain the comfort zone is our addiction to control, the desire for us to maintain safety, security, to keep things as they are. And... Um, Growth really occurs outside the comfort zone. It It is what happens when we venture into new territory or more frequently when life brings us some experience that requires uh, that we grow, that we learn. Right. I agree. I agree with everything that you said, Mary. I do. This is really some powerful stuff that you that you really have to sit down and you have to think about. Um, That's right. I mean, you guys been through it all, but you got through a lot of your situations by just, of course, we know praying and, and stay prayed up. And I say that a lot, too. That's exactly what we have to do. We have to stay prayed prayed up because we ha- we go through so much down here in this world. And it's not even funny. It's actually very, very sad and so sad and so true. Now, I would like to know, learn. I want to know learning the difference between the ego and the authentic self, if you can explain that to us, doctors. Well, in order, as I said uh, earlier, in order to exist in this dimension of reality, we have mm-hmm. to have that sense of duality inside of ourselves. Without it, we couldn't exist. Be- there'd be no way to get from the spiritual dimension down in to physical world reality. So we we have to uh, have the function of the ego so that we can distinguish uh, and define what for us is going to be positive and negative. You can't, uh, how can I say this, you can't become a concert pianist 
unless you believe that there's a piano sitting there and that there's a way to play it and that you have to learn that over time. All of this is part of a physical world reality. In that reality, there is what we call polarity, uh, the two poles of positive and negative. And as I said earlier, they have to be present or we cannot really exist here. And so we come into this illusion and we awaken and as we grow up and we look around and the young baby starts to find its way, that is reinforced and reinforced and reinforced. And consciousness that develops complete with that illusion of right and wrong, good and bad, all the polarities that don't really uh, exist, uh, they have to be conditioned into the person. And so when we begin to awaken, we begin to realize that that is what has happened. And at that point, we begin to start to move into that higher sense and, you know, it's interesting that all the religions, all the great religions and mystical teachings, they all are totally in agreement upon this point, that if you want to really move forward and become uh, the epitome of one of us, whatever, whatever us is, more loving is the way. And we certainly would say that it turns out that that's absolutely true. So if you run around, and you protest, and you carry signs, and you go screaming and yelling and confronting people, if you do that from a place of againstness, what you are really doing experientially is adding to the sum total of againstness that already exists on the planet. If you want to engage in those behaviors, and you want to really be a force for love and a force for peace, then by all means, go and march and go do all the things you want to do but be in a place of loving while you do it and that's the challenge that is the challenge because as i said if you don't do it from a loving place and you do it from an againstness place all you're really doing is adding to the sum total of loving that exists on the planet that's a hard one for a lot of people the ego is, is you not make that distinction right I can, now I can probably tell because I mean ego would be probably different from authentic self. To me, ego is the attitude, thinking you better. But the real you, what is the real actually you? And do we know we don't? And I have had discussions about this on my previous shows. It's hard to really know who you are, your authentic self. Of course, I'm a mom, a friend, I'm a sister, auntie, whatever, a daughter. But who well, am well, I? And those are the questions. It takes it takes really it that, takes time that, to really know know that. Um, that but question, I noticed in, oh. that question can you you cannot be answered in the mind. That question can only be answered experience, experientially. Let me give you an example. Right. So you said that you're a mom. Yes. So do you remember? Uh, can you go back in your mind? And remember the time that your baby was born. I do. I remember. I, I have twin girls. I remember when they were born, yes. Okay. So can you, in your mind, go back there to that time and recall that moment 
when out they came, what did you experience? Oh, oh. Well, I was tired. To be honest, I was. I was very tired. They had me on every single shot. But oh, it was so. I was excited. Just know I'm a mom. But I was fearful a little bit because they they are my first. So I kind of like, oh, I don't know which way to swing it. So every all the emotions were all coming about. And did you have that really deep experience of love? Yes. Okay, that's who you are. I think that's all. <laughs> I think that's all moms. Like we have that deep love for our children, no matter that's what. Right. No matter, no matter if. Ooh, I'm getting emotional now. <laughs> no matter if, no matter what they do, if they do wrong, we still have that love. And I tell my daughter to this day, I must always go hard for you, no matter what you do. I'm that's always right. go hard for you. You're my baby. That's emotional. Um, and if anybody right. ever seen the movie. Right. If if anyone has ever seen the movie with Holly Berry kidnapped, my such a powerful movie. Like those are things we do for our children. No matter what, we go over the bridge. I will jump over that cliff, as she said in Scandal. So Olivia, I jump. We go over the cliff together. You know, yeah. You, (laughs) doctor, you almost look. I felt like I was in the. I felt like I was in therapy almost. I don't even take a therapy class, but you know what? If anybody do want to take therapy, it's not just because if you have issues, but taking a therapy class actually helps leverage you better. Um, that's why you guys got to make sure you get on my get on these affirmation calls because we talk about all this stuff. So therapy is not so, for crazy people at all. It's so a better now, use. Now, so now imagine if everybody in the world had that experience all at once, what do you think would happen? Oh man, we probably wouldn't even have all this chaos that we have going on now, Doctor. We we wouldn't wouldn't be no sh- no violence, no shooting. It sounds like a fantasy. It does a big a big dream, but it could it could be possible. I think it could. It could be possible, but the only one who can make it possible is God because we know that's not gonna ever happen. No one's well, gonna want to stop well. going up trying to kill you. Somebody out there crazy gonna have a a gun is probably shooting going on right now on the news. I mean, yeah. it's, it's tormenting. Yeah. yeah. See, what we're what we're talking about here is, uh, see, if you can if you can even imagine that that is that really is where we're going, as the as the as the uh, human species evolves, that is really where it's going. And I love the word evolve because if you think about it, it's love spelled backwards. Oh, you know what? It sure is. It sure is. I didn't even I didn't even really think about it, yeah. It is. Evolve equals love. Yes it is. See, and but that's we have what, to be willing to want to evolve. People that's you got what's something going you don't want to evolve. Here. That is what's right. going on here. We are all evolving into the awareness that our very nature is love. And if we if the more people that come into the awareness of that is the only thing that's ever going to bring greater peace and greater uh, all the things that we all say that we want, <clears throat> but we're never going to get them by fighting over it. We're only going to get it by coming into cooperation 
with each other and forming more loving relationships. That's the only way we're going to get it. Uh, yeah, this should have started so many decades ago, though. But we can do it. But it's gonna have it's gonna it's gonna take an entire nation to do this. Not a few well, people. Not just me yeah. or my niece. It's oh, doctor. I would love to see that come about, though. Not saying well, that it came, but I would definitely love to see it. And I noticed in the back of your book, speaking on authentic self, you have a range scale. And yes, yes. Um, just. Now, how do you go about, because you, you talk about the process of the daily rating scale, so what exactly is the process, and how do you go about doing the rating from it? Well, the, the first thing you have to do is create the scale. And okay. And it, it, it depends on, um, you know, you can, you can create a rating scale for anything, really. So the one in the back of the book is, uh, is a daily rating scale that has to do with making self-honoring choices. So the way that we uh, we advise our students to do that is pick. It's just you determine, you decide what would be the lowest level on your scale. What would you be doing, and what would be the highest level on your scale, and what would you be doing, and then go right down the middle. That would be if the low level is one and the high level is nine. What would be the middle ground? What would be if you were halfway between? And then you go halfway between five and one, and you create the scale that way. And it's a way of bringing what we call the spiritual scientist, the spiritual scientist. So we're using something that is a spiritual variable, but we're treating it in a scientifically valid way. And that's the purpose of the rating scale. Uh, And so we tell people to rate this over time. And then we also tell them to pick a behavior. And and the clue in all of this is the smaller the behavior, the better. People have the idea they have to go out and do big things. And, mm-hmm. and they don't, really. Uh, we find that, the, that doing small things, if you do big things, you may do them, let's say, once a week or once every two weeks, and, and then you get reinforcement for that, but you don't get reinforcement for all the other times you didn't do it. But if you break it down into very, very, very small steps that you can do every day, then you get positively reinforced every single day, which tends to increase the likelihood of, of doing that. The more you do that thing, the higher you're going to get on that scale. It's a very practical okay. tool. It's a way okay. of really uh, clarifying the, the dimension in which you want to move forward, whether you want to be a more joyful person or you want to be making uh, more self-honoring choices rather than uh, doing things like saying yes when you really mean no and so on and so forth. Or you can have a joy rating scale. The thing I love about rating scales is they help people really not only identify the direction that they want to move forward, but they are a way then of establishing a very clear intention. And just developing the rating scale helps people clarify the continuum, what they're currently experiencing and what they'd like to be experiencing. And the rating scales are developed with nine steps 
which are incremental, and then we encourage people at the end of the day, where were you on your rating scale today on the average? Were you at a three? Were you at a four? Maybe you were at a five. And through the process of observing your own behavior and the direction in which you intend to be moving, people move up on these rating scales, and sometimes they even surpass what they have established as a nine. We have seen people go off the scale <laughs> on the high wow. end. They had to create, they had to like take out the one and add in uh, a ten, and then and then use the whole scale moved up. And that happens. Wow, and I mean, it's so many different. There's so many examples. Um, getting towards the back of the book, examples of range skills. Yes. For um, one, I make choices that abandon my own needs and do what others want, so they'll love me. And I'm sure 95% of you listeners out here can understand that we do something that somebody else wants. We forget our own happiness. Um, I experience significant depletion as a result. I don't want to be here. I don't belong here. I'm lonely and I can't cope. What good am I? What good am I? Who cares? No one. I'm on my own case, so what's new? This is all I deserve, and nothing will ever change. God has left me here, and it's punishing me. Whoa. Now, that is, that's really deep. Let's, that let's is yeah, everything is. laid out. Yes. Let, let's talk about that, because oh, what, you just, well, doc, what you just said doc, doc, is so true. Right. You know, I wanted to ask you, when. Um, this is what I wanted to ask. When these scales right here, are these from other people's ideas, or is this something that... Um, you wrote yourself um, based on the scale. Was this something that somebody was going through? Well, this is uh, our students have developed many rating scales over the years, and I picked ones that I felt were reflective of uh, issues that people deal with because what you just shared is really when everything gets boiled down, uh, the misidentification of ourselves as unworthy, unloved, and being punished by God is a very, very common misidentification. And it's very painful and contributes to an enormous amount of suffering. I would go so far as to encourage all of your listeners, anyone hearing this show, if you find you believe that, then entertain the possibility that you are simply believing a lie. You are simply believing something that is not true, but that your ego maintains because you were brought up that way. And this is why we work with the most fundamental skill that we, that we have is what we call compassionate self-forgiveness, self-forgiveness. We're not forgiving other people for terrible things they've done. Mm-hmm. I forgive myself forever buying into that lie because the truth of the matter is that I am a divine, loving being that is being spiritually guided through experiences on this planet that have to do with my own awakening and my own becoming more aware of that divine essence, which is the reality of what I am. And if I, all of, all of my ills and all of my misery and all of my uh, all of that stuff comes from the misbelief that somehow I am unworthy I mean that that is the the crux of the whole entire thing it's just not true 
How do we know that? Because uh, I don't know if you're aware of this or not. We've been doing this work for, I think we're in our 37th year. Wow. And and we've had, uh, I think, over 6,000 students go through our program. And I cannot tell you the number of times that we have seen people go into an experience where they awaken. They awaken. All of a sudden they, they go, oh, my God, I never knew. And every single time, without exception, it always came down to the same thing. I thought I was something else. I never, I never realized. I never had this awareness before. And, and it turns out that is, that is the nature of what this work is all about. That's why we wrote these books, and this is why we do these programs. Is to right, so we can get the word out. Exactly, well, Doctor. Yeah. I do agree with you. Um, we're well, going to take a short commercial break. We're going to come back with our wonderful guest, Doctors Mary and Ron Hall. So do not touch that dial. We got still some more life shifting to do. So stay tuned. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog, 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 Talk, Blog Talk Radio, baby. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores you've ever had. In 01, we stayed up all night telling ghost stories with the neighbors. Yeah, I know I've got a bit of wear and tear. And sadly, in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit that accidentally started a wildfire. When a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Sparks from an improperly extinguished fire pit can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. All right, doctors. We're here. Okay, good. <laughs> it tried to it tried to cut disconnect us. I tell you, see, mm-hmm. trying to stop our show. Not today, um, Zayden. You're not stopping this show. That we got information to get out, and we go we gonna do exactly that. It tried to pause my show, but see, it's, it didn't it didn't cut off. So that was a good thing. I'm thankful for that. So it still will have it just have that little pause in there. But we are still gonna keep continuing on. So if you're just tuning in, my listeners, we I am talking to spiritual psychology luminaries, Drs. Mary and Ron Honick, who are actually pioneers and worldwide leaders in the field of spiritual psychology, as well as teachers and facilitators of awakening and consciousness. And they are renowned educators, authors, and the founding faculty and co-directors of the University of Santa Monica, where they have designed, developed, and facilitated educational programs for the past 35 years. 
So they are here to answer your questions and everything. And they have a wonderful book called Remembering the Light Within. Of course, it's Soul Center Living. And we've mostly been talking about what is your actual purpose on this planet. And this book, it presents so much information, um, life-changing practices designed to help assist you in doing the work you came to do on Earth. So it's time to just wake up, America. That's exactly what we're doing. We're waking you up. And we want to know, I, I would like to know just by using, we all heard of the scientific method, all of us, but how do we go about using that for spiritual awakening? Well, the scientific method is really nothing more than observing something at a start, doing something, and then seeing what kind of results that you get. So, uh, I, this is um, uh, on page 63 of the book is where we is where we talk uh, about that. We're really running experiments every day, scientific experiments. We just don't we're just not aware of it. Every time you try something new, <clears throat> uh, let's say you you get a new yogurt or some or a new ice cream bar, you're really running a scientific experiment, and you're trying something new and then seeing if there's any different. So the only difference between science as practiced by the scientific community is that the results have to be public. So if you do an experiment, you report your results, I have to do the same experiment and get the same results. Well, in spiritual science, we, we remove that restriction. And we say, no, everybody is running experiments all the time. You are your own scientific community because you're the one that's going to determine whether the experiment worked or not. Nobody else is, is in your life. So okay. I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, a scientific experiment that every one of your listeners can try out and see how it works for them. Oh, so awesome. tomorrow, tomorrow or the day after, pick a day, any day. Okay. And from the time you get up in the morning until the time you go to sleep at night, everywhere you go, everyone you see, when you look at them, you, in your mind, you say, ha, huh, there's a person who is a divine loving being having a human experience. Oh, there's another one. Gee, that, uh, that, that uh, woman is really yelling at her child. Uh, they're both divine loving beings who are having a particular kind of human experience. So wherever you go, whatever you do, you consciously choose to see the world that way and then see what happens when you, when at the end of the day and see how you feel. Okay. Now I hope people get those tips. Thank you for that. Yes, most definitely to see, oh, this is going to be some Good scientific method experience. I love this. Um, now, blessings, I love blessings. But I think those are things that are given when people ask you, how you feel? I'm blessed. Okay. that's a gift. But it's a given thing. How do you really feel? Like, let's go up on the surface a little bit. But speaking on blessings, we talk about in the book also reframing unresolved issues as blessings. Mm -hmm. Can we um, – can we – Discuss a little bit more on that. Sure. See, uh, 
see if you if you think about uh let's say you were going into a uh a dark building and you needed to find your way around there so you you got a hold of a flashlight and so you brought light into that darkness and then you could see this is exactly the same idea that the whole our whole existence here is filled with different experiences that we could call darkness. Every time that we work with one and we bring the light into it, <clears throat> excuse me, to that degree we enlighten that whole area of our lives. There was a a woman uh, uh, that we were we were working with one time. There were two two of them working with each other, uh, and the one woman was complaining about the world and how dark it is. And her, the facilitator said, well, if you were God, what would you do? And the woman just blurted out, well, I'd, I'd shine a light. And then the facilitator says, well, now you know your job. I thought, that is fabulous. See, if everybody, if you want to complain about the dark, great become more of a light bearer. Bring light wherever okay. you go. Bring love wherever you go. And what what I would say about reframing issues as blessings, so many times when challenging things happen, people move into judgment of themselves, of the situation, of other people involved, of what's happening. And then they resort to I'm upset because and reframing issues as blessings is recognizing that when challenging situations and circumstances present themselves and our own unresolved issues inside are triggered and we feel upset, really it is a God-given opportunity for healing the unresolved material within our own consciousness. And that attitude, as you were saying earlier, is everything. It's how you mm-hmm. relate to the issue is the issue. How am I going to be with myself while I go through this difficult experience? Right. It almost, uh, um, Mary, it almost seems a, a little selfish, too, when we think it's always about us. We think if somebody's judging us all the time. It's not always, it's not always about you. It could be. That person, and we we so quick to think that most of the time it's our family and friends who are judging us, and we you know when we're actually doing it ourselves, we're our big we're our biggest critics ever to me. That's right, absolutely right. Yeah. And you know uh, there was a great book. I think it was Terry Cole Whitaker. Uh, oh, let me write that down. And, and it was. Um, you think of me. What you I... think of me is none of my business. What you think oh, I like that. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a great that's a great way to go through life because really it isn't. Yeah. Well, and let me write down what was his name, Terry. Terry Cole Whitaker was a woman. Okay, Terry Cole Whitaker. Okay. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. Make sure I add that to my bookshelf. I love I love some books that really enlighten your vision. What you think of me is none of my business. I yeah. like that. I'm yeah. gonna take yeah. that phrase. I sure am. When somebody tell me, somebody says something about me, I'm going to say, what they think of me is none of my business. That's right. Mm-hmm. 
I don't care. I don't. And I tell people that today. It doesn't bother me what you think about me. It lets me know that you're concerned and that you see my light shining. But other than that, I'm not worrying about that. You know how much time that takes to worry about what somebody worries think about you. That takes too much energy. I don't have time for all that, and I let I let them know I don't have time for it. I that's, don't. That's right. That's right. That's right. And really, it's not. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've noticed that the same thing could be going on, and one person thinks positively about it, and one person thinks negatively about right. it. And, exactly. And, and you, you don't I get know. this. Right, we don't. And I guess this is what leads us up up to the point of where we actually find that freedom through compassionate self-forgiveness. Yes. That's right. Yes, That's right. because it's through compassionate self-forgiveness that we can uh, dissolve the judgments that we've placed against ourselves. We can dissolve that inner suffering emotionally that comes from the misbelief that somehow we're unworthy. The, the compassionate self-forgiveness is so profound and so pivotal in assisting us in remembering who we truly are and of letting go of the barriers that really have blocked us from the awareness of knowing the loving nature that we are inside. Another another author that we really like, I don't know, do you know Elon Van Zandt? Elon, no, I never I never heard of that author, but I'm writing these down. I-Y-A-N-L-A, Iyamla. She's, she's written quite a few books. We know her very well because she's a graduate of our program. She's been on Oprah, and and uh, she's had several programs of her own. Um, I think the current one is Iyamla Fix My Life or something like that. But, oh, uh, yes. She's, she's excellent. Okay, I didn't know that was, oh, yes, yes, I have heard of her. Yes, yeah, she's yeah. a well-known name. Yes, yeah. well-known yeah. person. Really is. Yeah, quite a powerful woman. Yeah, that takes a lot. It takes a lot to actually to be able to help others. That means you have to already have helped yourself. You have had to go through the tri- trials and tribulations to be able to help somebody. So I commend all of you, you two doctors. This takes a lot to sit down, write a book, to give someone advice, and it's not just a self-help book. This book is taking you through every perception, discovering and interpretations, everything that you may have misunderstood and doubted. It's it's in this book right here. This needs to be a book that you add to your shelf. Um, and I hope you include yourself in that category. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> you know, and I want to do just like your book. I want to be able to hit a spiritual home run one day. What was that? What was that like in your own experience that actually hit that spiritual home run? Well, I, I think so much of it was because of all the work that I had done for so many years. You know, Ron had his heart event eight eight years ago, and um, and at that was that, a, that was a triple bypass. Yes, and oh my. And at the time, obviously, I was concerned for his um, well-being, for his full recovery. I didn't really know what was going to be the outcome. But I would say, 
that my capacity to show up in the strength of my heart was due largely to not only the strong spiritual practice that I have, but to all the work that I had done over the years. I knew better than to go into negative future fantasy. I knew better than to judge what was happening. I knew better than to run, I'm upset because this is happening. To me, it was a time to move into my center, to move into the center of love inside myself and hold in that place, to hold the vision of the best possible outcome and healing for Ron and to simply keep putting one foot in front of the other and doing what needed to be done. That's all you can do. You have to, what you got to stand up and do, you have to take action. You won't change. That's for anybody. It won't change. You have to take action. It That's won't get right. done on its own. But I'm glad you too, you went through all this and take, went through the scientific method. You went through that experiment. You know it's real. You know it's going to happen. It will change you, but you have to be willing to want to change as well. You have to make the connection. It's <coughs> not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a few more minutes, but yeah. I believe if you just take that encouragement and use these practical tools with you, you will get inspired. It's so many opportunities for learning throughout this book. So I hope everyone is able to get this book. Doctors, will you please give the listeners a website to purchase your book? Yes, go to Amazon.com. That is probably the easiest and quickest way to to get the book, Remembering the Light Within, A Course in Soul-Centered Living by Ron and Mary Holmick. And uh, the way the book is designed, if one were to work, there are 26 chapters if one were to work with one chapter for two weeks and do the thing for two weeks that it says that is in there to do, then that would you you would be engaged in a course that would take you one year, and I cannot imagine that your life wouldn't be changed in a very positive way. Well, before I leave you, listeners and doctors, I would love to just give my favorite quotes from my friend Mary Ellis. Ellen Signovich, who was also a former guest on my show, the truth of the day is this. Even though it was from yesterday, it still dwells to, to this day. Be willing to learn, appreciate, and care for yourself from the inside out. To live your best life, you must be willing to learn to appreciate and care for yourself. Mind, body, and soul must be in alignment. This means you must care for and balance all three. Your mind needs to be nurtured, utilized, and cleared of all judgments, motives, and expectations. Your soul needs to be at peace. Your body needs you to care for it through eating correctly, exercising, and regular checkups. Today, begin living your best life by taking care of the mind, body, and soul. Enjoy the day, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time on The Bright Side with Technicia. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 